you go. The podcast with Pastor Cass. Necessary conversations. What up, though? Justin, what's happening, my good brother today? What's up, man? How we doing? Man, I'm great. I'm great. I'm good. Feeling good. Yes, sir. Happy belated official for the podcast. We just missed a big birthday. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that, man. I had a great birthday. Good deal. Good deal. You guys do anything fun, exciting, or special? No, man. We just been, we kept it low key. Okay. Just uh, went and grabbed dinner with the family and Mm. walked around downtown Birmingham and a little light shopping, you know, at this point. Yes. Keep it low key. I spent a lot of money on everybody else's birthday, so I would rather not on mine. I give myself a break. <laughs> that's my present to myself. Yeah, huh? give myself a break. <laughs> yes, that's our secret. You just t- said that. You know your wife listens. I know she does. So you just gave our secret Oh, she away. Kn- it's no secret. She <laughs> okay. knows exactly how I feel about that. That's <laughs> not a secret at all. That's uh, one of my go-to moves as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a very good transition into how I want to uh, do this, what this podcast is going to be. Okay. Being able to walk a day in another shoe. Well, there you go. Look at that. Yeah. Understanding someone else, you know, like how we understand each other's birthday plights yes sir and uh being married with multiple children in their birthdays mm-hmm. and that being said it's pretty easy for us to relate on that level yes we to conversating about wives and children we can go and we school can, just indeed. about any of that now i say that because i want to have that conversation about why is it though that so often we struggle to see or understand the other side mm. and I traditionally find myself a person who does a pretty good job being able to walk in someone else's shoes or at least try to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I've had a recent stretch where I just couldn't do it, though. Mm. Like, you know, there are certain situations where things happen and like we'll be sitting around and somebody will say, man, I just don't get it. And I say, if you did, I'd question you if you could actually get that. Mm. That's a little too far. Okay. Okay. But these kind of lately that's been happening, I, I, I'm i just going to be honest. So for the listeners, I apologize if anything I say offends you. And I talk about somebody that might be you a fan, you're a fan of. Mm. But this recent, it, it almost seems like a blitz of athletes and their mental health breaking down mm. and needing mental health vacations. Yeah. It's become, it, it just seems more and more common. Um, and as of recently, like some of the bigger cases were Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles. We had mentioned a few weeks back cause it was right in the midst of everything going mm-hmm. on with her, uh, Shikari Richardson. And I just, man, I tried though, but like I come from that, we come from the generation where we watched Kobe in the midst of him possibly going to jail and losing his wife, his life and everything have some of the most, one of his most epic years. Like with everything going down, the most one of the more infamous Monday night football games was the night Brett Favre played through like a million touchdowns the day his dad died. Yep, yep, and they're yep, like, he yep, must yep. be thinking about his father. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And just re- even recently, a uh, uh, San Francisco Giant uh, belt, he hit two home runs the day his grandmother he was close with died. Mm. And she wasn't old. It was COVID. Mm. So it was like a tragic death. Yeah. So traditionally... Athletes have always found their sport to be their haven, mm-hmm. their safe place, yep. and the thing they get away from all of these things that are bothering them. Yeah, not the other way around. And it just, I, I'm loop, I'm, I'm not able to empathize and walk in these people's shoes because mm-hmm. I'm not that rich and I don't have that much of a spotlight on me. Mm-hmm. But I've seen others do it, so I can't connect the dots. Sure. And 
I, I'm just I just kind of want to have a conversation about uh, this whole thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's real, and I I think it's I think, um, and not to to interrupt your flow in the, in the conversation. I I, I want to give uh, kudos to you to have that sense of self to go. Hey, I'm running out of something, or I'm having a more difficult time accessing something in me that I did previously. You know, so hey, let's talk about that, and because that that sense of self, that's probably a good conversation all on its own. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think that people lack because. It's one thing, and I and I hear it right in the conversation of, it's one thing to know, okay, you guys out there are changing, mm-hmm. so you guys are getting weaker. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. also something I think very important for you to also internally recognize. Well, okay, you guys might be getting weaker, but I also sense I don't have something in me, mm-hmm. at least as in as much supply as I did before. Yeah. So let's 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 get an understanding of that. So kudos, I think that's important. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I mean, like you know. So hopefully you guys can get some out of this. But I'm about to get like a free pastoral uh, <laughs> counseling session. Let's do it. A, a live. That that's actually that's that uh, like a live pastoral. <laughs> <session>. <laughs> Not really, because people say some stuff. I'm Ooh, sure in this buddy. office, if it had ears, if it had ears, uh, it does. I have ears, and God <laughs> does. So it does. But you know that. They're here, they're here, but don't tell. That's it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to start off with just a very basic technical spot of this. Sure. Because uh, what we're talking about is ultimately empathy. Sure. Um, so the definition of empathy yes. is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Indeed. And it's uh, a Greek word, and the roots of it are M, which is empathos. And feeling, empathy. So you're in someone's feelings, mm-hmm. not your own. You're in someone's feelings. And yeah. that's such a like very appropriate phrase for the way we speak yeah. nowadays about being in your own feelings mm-hmm. and someone else's feelings. So first, just to make sure we're too also being very clear and technical, uh, if you could just clearly define the difference in empathy versus sympathy. Sure, sure. So that's a great question because I think a lot of people confuse um, sympathy and empathy when they are in fact very very different mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, the technical term right or definition for empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another where the the uh, Webster's or Miriam def- definition of, of sympathy is feelings of pity and sorrow for someone else's misfortune <clears throat> so I, I like to shorthand it this this is how like sympathy is a judgment mm-hmm. whereas empathy is an understanding mm. that's 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 a real concise way yeah. to know the difference sympathy is a judgment where empathy is more of an understanding um yeah. whereas where sympathy there's a lot of judgment in it empathy there actually is there is no judgment and that's the benefit but that's also the thing that makes it hard and we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a little bit that okay. empathy actually doesn't contain a judgment it just contains an understanding Mm. And uh, one of the main differences is sympathy starts with you judging a person's state from your own perspective. Okay. Okay. So say you see somebody standing on the corner. Yeah. Um, you know, with tattered clothes and 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 uh, uh, on a hot summer day, holding a sign, "We'll work for food," mm-hmm. and you look and go, "Man." That looks like a terrible yeah. state to be in. 
So I'm going to give him mm-hmm. some money. You've okay. had sympathy. And again, sympathy, I don't want to say, you know, a lot of time we hear the word judgment. Yeah, we yeah. think of it as negative. I'm not saying it is inherently negative. It's just you saw that person state and you judged it from your perspective to mm-hmm. be a bad place to be. Yeah. So you can act to try to do something right. about the bad place that that person is in. Yeah. Whereas empathy goes deeper than just judging mm-hmm. the person's state. Empathy asks the question, mm. why? Mm. Seeks to, before I even make a judgment about where that person's standing, I'm going to go further to understand why. Now, because the 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 sometimes we set the bar too high with empathy. People think it's like it. you have to feel what the other person feels uh-huh. or necessarily walk in that person's shoes. Yeah. That's a high bar. Right, right. Okay. The re- There's a lower bar that you can still engage empathy and it has more to do with understanding the why mm-hmm. the person feels that way. So mm-hmm. you, you, even if I don't feel necessarily what you feel, if I understand why you feel that way, that's when you get towards empathy. Uh-huh. Or sympathy causes you to put change in that man's yeah. cup. Empathy causes you to stop and understand his life path. Yeah. Um, it causes you to ask questions of our society, of our policies, of our educational system to understand why that person is standing on the corner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You understand the difference? Empathy yeah. is more about understanding and asking the questions why, yeah. as opposed to just judging whether they're good or bad. Yeah. Where sympathy stays at the surface, yeah, and it yeah. flows from I judge that's a bad place to be. Sure, because sometimes we have sympathy and judge a person to be in a bad state. When if you ask that person, they're happy about where they are. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh man, I feel bad for you. You're like, what you mean you feel bad for me? Oh, I've said that. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, I'm like, I'll be talking to somebody who just recently got divorced. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry to have like, man, it was the best day best of my thing life. I ever did. Because from your perspective, <laughs> yes, you judge divorce to be a negative thing. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect example <laughs> yeah. where you were. That that's what sympathy <laughs> says. It judges yes. Yes. from yes. your own perspective. Whereas you hear you got a divorce, well, now I need to understand what's up. Because Mm -hmm. if you find out you were getting physically abused, right, this is when you get into, now I might not be able to feel the hits, but I understand you were getting physically abused. You know, there was this, there was that. Now I understand. Right, right. Because in sympathy, you were judging your, hey, as Christian men, believers in Bible, we don't think inherently divorce is a great thing. Exactly. But if I'm going to work through empathy, I'm going to stop asking questions to understand. Mm-hmm. And now I understand more that I, you know, hey, this might be a great day <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for you. So yes. sympathy is a judgment. Empathy uh-huh. is an understanding where you mm-hmm. do the work. Because because and, and this will be the last thing I say on this and we can move on to your next question. One mm-hmm. of the things people get wrong about empathy is they think it's purely emotional mm. and empathy has more to do. It is also a mental ascent. It is not just an emotional. Hmm. Okay. It's not just emotional. It's not a, just a feeling. It is much more cerebral than that. Mm. Okay. Okay. I like that. I, I I think we'll come back around to that a okay. little bit more. Okay. I feel like you you're gonna have to give that some more, or I will. <laughs> <laughs> um. But for the sake of just like I said, chopping at some other questions. Now, also, I want to get into. 
for technicality's sake, the difference in empathy versus egocentric. Yeah, so egos to be egocentric, and I'll try to just leave this quick. To be egocentric, someone is it, it is a person who puts them an egocentric person is a person who puts themselves at the center. Mm-hmm. Center. Egocentric. Self-center. Yep. Yep. Self-centered person. And I, I I may have talked about this on this podcast before. That's why I don't have to put a lot of time into it. Yeah. That self-centered isn't the same as selfish. Right. Yep. yep. And egocentric isn't the same as having a inflated ego, an outsized ego. It's not. Right. It is just self at center. And generally people who put themselves at the center of everything, they see the world as it relates to them. They just do. Yeah. And it's it's essentially the opposite of being mm-hmm. empathetic because to be empathetic is to put the other person at the center and then see the world through their eyes yeah, and yeah. see how the world happened through their eyes and through their experience as opposed to judging their experience as it relates to you. I could never. I, I don't understand how somebody can end up poor <laughs> begging on the street. Right. Well, I know you can if you and how you see things are at the center. But if you were ever to step remove you from the center and put that person mm-hmm. at the center, yeah. it's one of the things of preaching. And it's actually it's it's tough, but it's it's they tell you in, in preaching and public speaking and, and motivational speaking. Remember, everybody is the star of their their story, their story. <laughs> yeah, they're the star. They're at the center of it. And you got to remember it and talk to them that way. And egocentric people, even with low self-esteem, man. Mm hmm. Because people can think they're not egocentric because they have low self-esteem. But I tell people sometimes people with low self-esteem are the most egocentric, self-centered people you run into because every negative thing they think somebody was saying it about them. Bro, you're not the only person in here. Nobody was thinking about you that much. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't know if you read or ever see The Onion. It's like a satire site. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can't remember the the exact phrasing, but it's the satire, the, the... the headline was man nobody has looked directly at in six months is afraid everybody can tell he's balding (laughs) meaning bro ain't nobody paying that much attention to you for you to be really panicking that much over your hair growing thin (laughs) you know but egos but the egocentric and and empathetic are almost at the opposite ends people who are egocentric though and self-centered can have a lot of sympathy Hmm. they can have a lot of sympathy Ah. Because from their vantage point, that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. yeah so yeah, let me yeah. try to help you out with that. Right, 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 right. But that's not the same as being empathetic. Right. Okay. So uh, that that that's that's all very good so far. And um, so w- what I want to go into then is as far as this challenge of empathy, sympathy, egocentria, and whatnot, what is it that you would suffice is the struggle in becoming empathetic. Why can we not understand and try to see the other side more naturally and easily? What are some, you know? Well, uh, man, there's a lot of reasons. I think from, I think if I would say the number one reason, yeah, the number one reason people aren't more empathetic is because they don't want to do the work it takes to be empathetic. Um, because to be curious about other people's affairs and mm-hmm. how and why, man, that's that that's that's work. Yeah. Okay. And most people don't want to do that work. We're already 
busy and exhausted trying to figure out why we feel the way we feel that I don't really have that much emotional margin yeah. or mental energy to spend trying to figure out why you feel the way that you do. So I'm just going to chalk you up to being off, overly <laughs> emotional, too sensitive, yeah, no work ethic, you know, lazy. I'm just going to because that's easier than doing the work mm. of understanding. That's why everybody can't be empathetic is because it takes mm. work to genuinely understand. Yeah. And and if I just wanted to give <clears throat> one answer is because most people don't want to do that work okay. or aren't interested in doing yeah that def- work. That's fair. And I, I certainly when you said that I was just thinking about my own personal examples we started with and I, I would definitely say that I'm I don't know that I have the capacity to think about like some of those people in that degree. You could try. Like I don't know them enough to care. You like could you try. Said. Right. Yeah. You don't you don't and to to I think it's 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 a couple of things and it actually that that actually your example bleeds into I think another reason why. Mm-hmm. So the first is the energy. And yeah. again, you don't know them enough right to give them that energy. It's easier f- to make the judgment from your vent to stay where you are and make the judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the other thing, and you said it earlier, right, is your perspective of what an athlete should be. Right. How right. you see them yeah. and your expectation of them also makes it hard for you to be empathetic. And there's a phrase you used in setting this whole up, the other side. Yes. You know, what, the fact that you see the person as the other side. So whether it mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. they're an athlete, they're other than you. There's mm-hmm. There's something other than you. Right. Or in our political discourse, in our yeah. uh, 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 religious discourse, uh, in our gender discourse, whatever, however, we've we've made people the other side. And yeah. that if they are the other side, yeah, that inherently makes it difficult for empathy because for me to be empathetic, I must be able to stand where you stand. And if you are only an opponent... Or mm-hmm. if you are only on the other side, I never even assume I can stand where you stand. My only job is to get you to stand where I stand. Mm-hmm. So, again, mm-hmm. the phrase walk in someone's shoes. If you're on a side I'm not on, I can't get in those shoes over there. Yeah. If you're an athlete and something other than what I am. You I, you don't even deserve for me to try to get in your shoes because I can't. You're something different than I am. Right. 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 Or if you're a Republican and I'm a Democrat or, 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 or you're, you're, you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican, you're over there. And I don't stand over there with those immoral, racist, liberal, gay loving, irreligious. I don't stand over there with them. Yeah. So other side inherently makes it hard for Creates empathy. a wall instantly. Because I, I don't stand over there. Right. So even if I'm trying to even if I'm trying to talk about what you believe over there, I'm not gonna stand over there. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna get in the shoes that's over there. Right. Okay. So that that I also think is another reason that makes empathy okay. hard. So uh I've I'm gonna kinda jump ahead to this up uh, this next question because mm-hmm. it, it flows right into what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important of a trait would you call this then to be able to be empathetic? Like for our listeners, why should they even care about being empathetic? Saved, unsaved, you know, like why should they care about empathy? Yeah, being empathetic. Yeah, why is this important? Uh, first and foremost, it's because we all want it ourselves. 
how bad we want it ought to tell you how important it is to give to anybody you love. Hmm. If we don't want anything else in this world, we want to be understood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we actually expect that from other people. Right. When we have a bad day, when we blow up, when we do something wrong, our first instinct is to we understand ourselves and we wish to be understood. It is foundational for a fulfilled life is to be understood. If you got Mm -hmm. anybody in your life that you love, one of the most important things you can give them is Mm -hmm. empathy, is to do the work. That's like how you show somebody you love them. Mm hmm. And you can't live a fulfilled life if there's nobody else in the world that seeks to understand mm-hmm. you. So, like, foundationally for us having healthy relationships, empathy must be a part of it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a, a good and successful leader, you have to lead with empathy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you can't lead and get someone where you want them to go unless you know where they're starting from. Like, that's one of the one of, one of the main reasons leaders must be people with high empathy or what they would call emotional intelligence yeah. and leaders that don't have it are terrible because they might know exactly where they want to go, right? but they never take the time to understand where their worker or their teammate is starting from. Yeah. So if, if I can't understand where you're starting from, I can never give you good directions to get yeah. to where I want you to go. Uh, here's another one. I think that's so important in me talking about the other side, yeah. uh, 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 a democracy, Okay. A pluralistic society only works if empathy is is in the mix. Ah. It, it it we are one of the things that will tear this country apart is polarization and us never believing and refusing to believe that those other people on the other side are human beings whose shoes I could actually stand in. Yes. Empathy is necessary for us to disagree and still love. Mm. Because if I have empathy, I understand why you think what you think mm-hmm. and it's it's it, it it's if our society as a, a a democracy yeah is going to survive empathy is like foundational yeah to it existing yeah you, you i remember you using that phrase and that kind of when you're doing your uh wealth of a nation series mm, yeah and um i literally use that exact phraseology when discussing all these different polarizing politics mm. with uh, very starch, what, whatever I'll yeah, say. Yeah, whatever side of the aisle they on, yeah. And I said that. And they're like, nope. I just believe that they want to ruin this country and their goal is to destroy this country. And I said, what makes you say that? Why do you believe that? Where yeah. are you getting that information from? They just want to do it. Yep. Yeah. I, I like what what what, what 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 makes you think that? Now you can think they have wrong ideas or their ideas would be harmful, but but to but to believe that that is their intent. Intention. That was literally the words that came out of his mouth. I promise you. Like their goal is to destroy this country. And the Intention. reason and and there is no idea, there is no policy that will destroy the country faster than believing that the other side has bad intent. Because mm-hmm. this does two things. Mm-hmm. If you believe their intent is bad, it legalizes any means by which any anything mm-hmm. you got to do to win, mm. sure, is 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 okay. It's acceptable. It becomes no holds barred. Yeah, because comes if you, in your house in the middle of the night, <laughs> if you if because if they genuinely are evil, if they're not wrong, they're evil. Right. Then insurrection, burn right. it down. Right. 
you know, like it, 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 it that will destroy. Mm-hmm. Then it also makes it then reasonable for you if they do win mm-hmm. to not obey, follow, submit. Right. So I, what, there could be whatever policy. Sure. There is nothing that will destroy this country in our democratic society faster than believing that the other side is bad. Mm. With especially like bad actors with bad intent, not just yeah. people with wrong or bad ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like I said, like literally, that was what I had. I just had to put that in. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Message. That's real. Uh, so then this kind of doubles back to, so this this genuine lack of understanding that we're running into mm-hmm. and a other side mentality. Do you feel if that is a, a victim of capitalism? I don't know. You know me, um, you know, and I don't know if it's I'm reading uh, Franz Fanon and his critique of capitalism. I think just about <laughs> anything, you know, can be blamed on capitalism uh, <laughs> at this point. Right. Um, uh, you know, Fanon aside, I, I, you know, capitalism, if, if it's not to blame, it exacerbates it highlights it makes it worse Mm -hmm. it Mm. pardon the front pun it capitalizes on its existence but i don't know Ah, just off the you know rip that okay capital because human beings do it too often throughout the course of human history before capitalism was even okay a thing so i you know does it make it worse most likely all right all right that's fair enough so let me then ask this because it, it seems like uh, this is kind of a I still you, you said we put too high of a mark on it, but I think it is a, a higher mark than the average person's going to uh, run into. Do you feel that like reaching a point of true empathy is something that an unbeliever can accomplish? Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because. It is, it is like, so there, there are, again, uh, as there's levels to this, right? And I do say that some people put the bar too high because they think you got to just like be feeling what the other person feels. And that is a form of empathy. And it is the highest ideal of that. If you genuinely feel what the other person feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you have, I don't think you have to be saved to genuinely do mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a fairly controversial or what may be a controversial statement and don't hold me to it. I'm, this is just me thinking out loud as a conversation Fair enough. Um, outside of, you know, we know that only God's children can genuinely call Jesus Lord according to the scriptures. But I don't know if there is any particular single virtue that you necessarily have to be saved in order to do. I don't know if there is one. Mm. And again, this is conversational. Yeah. Don't hold me to it. It isn't like something I've read and studied and come to. I, just thinking because of the question, yeah. I'm mulling around in my mind. Like if there is anything that's out there as a virtue that requires salvation to accomplish. To be able to do. Huh. I think... I've always said when we talk, even like the fruits of the spirit, I don't, I don't like there is no particular single fruit of the spirit, fruit of the spirit that people without the spirit 
don't do. There are long suffering people that don't peace that are that are atheists. There are peaceful people that are Buddhists. Absolutely. Hmm. You know, ah, goodness gracious, man, that'll 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 put uh, certain Christians to shame, <laughs> you know, when it comes to their levels of peace and being long suffering and, huh. and, and things of this nature. My my my, um, my my sense of of fruits of the spirit have always been in its quantity and in in its circumstance. Okay. So when it is supernatural levels of peace, patience, love, joy, yeah. the levels and amounts you get a supernatural level of said uh-huh. fruit. But also, you get that fruit in context and circumstances that you naturally otherwise wouldn't find it. So you get peace when there's turmoil. That's how you know the spirit provided it. Okay. It's a fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of your circumstance. Where often, when human beings have a characteristic or a trait, their circumstance creates it. Whether that is where they are externally yeah. provides the ability for them to be peaceful or to have joy or to have yeah. patience or even their natural disposition. There are just sure. the natural disposition, people who are patient, sure, sure, who are kind. But when an impatient person mm. in a chaotic situation has peace and patience, Holy Ghost did that because the circumstance, their personal disposition and the, the circumstance around them, that wouldn't be produced. Yeah. So, but that was kind of my long, that, again, that's yeah, just yeah. me kind of thinking out loud. I didn't even, like, I, that's not something I prepped before, but that's me thinking out loud. Um, so I think, no, I don't think you have to be saved to be truly empathetic okay. or to, 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 to be empathetic. Um, because it, it it just takes work to try to understand and anybody could do the work to understand. But I do mm-hmm. think, um, but compassion and empathy is a mark of the body of Christ, but I don't think you have to be okay. saved to be able to be empathetic. Anybody could try to do the work to understand why and how somebody feels the way that they do. It's, mm-hmm. you, know. you can essentially train yourself into whatever. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. So this is where uh, I want to have a little fun with it in that. So this understanding is uh, something that we could do per the work, like you said, and being able to look at these uh, situations and people and quote unquote, put ourselves in their shoes. But at the end of the day, there is a right and a wrong. Yeah. So we are not to compromise and to agree with wrong. Mm-mm. So where are we to really go with someone that we've gotten empathy for, but they're in sin per se? Yeah, man. I'm sorry. That was a little loud because <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question because, so I got to say first things first, empathy. We are. So again, I, and this is a good juxtaposition and I might be jumping the conversation ahead, you know, going to the scriptures early. Um, but do I believe you got to be saved or a believer to be empathetic? No. 
but I believe empathy is supposed to be a calling card of the believer, but it's not. And mostly it's, it's, let me say it's not. I don't think most Christians, at least in America are known as the most empathetic bunch. (laughs) No. And, And that is because empathy does not equal agreement. It just equals understanding. And we are so fearful that if you even see me trying to understand, they might take that as me agreeing. And just because I understand does not mean I agree. That's the thing I think people need to, so many of the saints that shun the very appearance of evil and 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 yeah. how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And 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 you know, us uh, yeah. uh, be ye separate. Yep. A little left, little little leaven, leaven of the whole lump. Right to my super saved saints. <laughs> Empathy doesn't equal agreement. It simply equals understanding. There, I could understand why you killed them, even if I still think murder is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's some people that told me some stories why they did what they did, and I gotta tell them not sin, but I get it. <laughs> he did what to your child? Violence is never the answer, but I understand. Yeah, understanding does not equal agreement. That is why I didn't. I told you I didn't feel like I had to preach, but I feel a little one coming on. For a little one coming on. This is the instance where yeah. it becomes supernatural uh-huh. and why we are to be people of, of empathy. Uh-huh. Because we have a savior. Okay. Who Hebrews tells us uh-huh. we have a high priest. We don't have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus came in the light. You want to talk about walking in somebody's shoes. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet he knew no sin. He walked in it, but didn't agree with it. Mm. He was tempted. He felt all the things we felt, but he refused to sin because sin is to, to sin is to agree with what your flesh says over and above what God said. He walked in it, but refused to agree with it. Mm. He walked in it, but ref- like he agree- he was in it. Right. You want to talk about empathy? The Son of God came as the Son of Man to suffer every temptation that we suffered. Like he didn't get he didn't get removed from having to walk in in and people. You can dig into that, and you can make all the inferences you want. That means every person. Under the sound of my voice, whatever you've been tempted with, Jesus walked in no shoes. Mm. He was tempted at all points, like as we are. Take it for what you wanted to mean. If you listening to me, Jesus walked in your shoes, but he refused to agree with it. He provided a way in order for us to have access to God. Say, I understand what you're wrestling with, son. Mm. I can be touched by the feelings of your infirmity because I walked in it. But I've also showed you you don't have to agree with it. So not only do I not have to agree with what you're dealing with, you don't have to agree with what you're dealing with. I don't know what your body is telling you, what your mind is telling you. You can walk in that feeling and that infirmity and you don't 
have to agree with it. The world is telling us that to understand and to empathize means you have to agree. You have to accept. You have to affirm. And it's not true. Jesus walked in it, felt it, loved us, but refused to agree. You don't have to agree with it. And I can have empathy for you and still not agree with it. Empathy and understanding does not equal agreement. And the saints need to know it's safe to understand. It's safe. It's safe to have the conversation and understand. It's safe. As a matter of fact, empathy, if somebody feels you genuinely understand them, they're more likely to let you disagree with them and you, you guys still have a relationship and love on. Mm. That's why mm -hmm. the Bible then also tells us then to put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. As God's chosen people, compassionate hearts are supposed to be our calling card. Uh -huh. We can uh -huh. understand and we can feel you. I can feel you. I do. That's why he saves all of us from all these different walks of life and sanctifies us. So whatever you walk into the church struggling with uh, drug addiction, uh, 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 sexual immorality, alcoholism, anger, murderous, what, strife. Somebody say, I feel you, but you don't have to agree with that, sir. Mm, mm. I feel, But you don't have to keep agreeing with it because I feel it. But I, by the power of the hope, so I have compassion. And then if nothing else, it tells us to bear one another burdens. Scripture use compassion and the Greek word for compassion means doesn't mean to just feel with. It means to suffer with suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means to suffer with. And that's some of the things that I don't think the church does well is we we call things wrong, but then won't suffer with the people that wrestle with things we call wrong. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. I, can I be honest with you, man? I've been judged and called a lot of things. I've even had my my personal sexuality questioned because I'm willing to suffer with somebody. Hmm. That's real compassion. It's this if if I say something that you're wrestling with, God calls it wrong. Now you're gonna have to suffer with that. Now I gotta if I'm gonna have compassion, I gotta suffer with you. How can you suffer with somebody if you won't be with them just because they're wrong? If you're going to have compassion, you have to bear one another's burdens and mm -hmm. so fulfill ye the law of Christ. Like that's necessary. And I don't think the church does it well is because in this other side, that mentality that we've talked about earlier on in the podcast, right? Yeah. I can't stand over there with them. I can't do what Jesus did and be seen in the company of sinners because people <laughs> would think I agree. Yeah. Just because I understand. Like I was trying to have a conversation in the chat, uh, one of my chats with some preachers about the vaccine mm -hmm. and <laughs> very intentionally, most people don't know exactly where I stand on it. Yeah. Very intentionally. But this conversation, somebody made a reference to, you know, which, you know, you know, this is almost akin to sin. And I said, time out, guys, time out. I just I, I, I think you're going a little far. If your opinion is somebody that I'm not saying you can't think people is wrong for not getting vaccinated, but to go so far as to equate it with potential sin mm -hmm. and people that aren't are immoral people. Like, I, I think I, I think that's far. I think, uh -huh. you know, there's more to what. People's opinions. Oh, you must not be. I say. Just because I'm trying to say there's more to understand about people on there, now you're going to think you know where I am. Come on, bro. Me, 
being able to understand yeah. where someone is does not immediately. I had to come on, come on y'all. That's why we can't even do this. Cause y'all had to immediately go right from what the topic at hand was, is that <clears throat> you're calling a vaccine or no sin. And I say time out, like, let's be careful about how we apply morality. Because, and I, this is probably, write this down, because I, I think one of the things that, that about this discussion is it's, we're applying morality real sloppy because it is moral to care for the health, safety, and protection of people. That is a moral thing to do. We can mm-hmm. all agree. However, how you go about doing that and at one particular means uh, the means of doing that isn't necessarily moral or immoral does that make sense so if yeah, caring I- for and protecting people is a moral imperative yes it is yep now if you come up with a method to do that the method matters it matters, but it isn't the method isn't inherently moral or immoral. Exactly. Right, right. So you can't apply the morality to the goal of the goal to the method. And right now, that's what I think we're doing is we're trying and it's so sloppy. And I think that's because we have a largely I don't want to say moral less, but that's probably the right word. Moral less society. And by that, I mean, I don't think people are because I, 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 that, that sounds harsher than what I mean it. I think we get our morals from the wrong place. OK, there you go. So when you don't understand true morals and where they're really derived, you can let people apply them sloppily. And I'm like, hey, y'all, time out. Vaccine or no vaccine. I can't let you apply morals sloppily. Mm-hmm. The imperative to protect and care for does, does not, not supersede. No, it does not automatically apply to the method. Right, right, right. The imperative doesn't automatically make the method moral. Exactly. So you can't you can't do that. You can't justify just any means. Any means. The means does not automatically become moral because the end is moral. Because if you apply that sloppily, then you'll bomb people into a moral place. (laughs) I was going to. If the end automatically makes the means moral. And I say, hey, y'all, the vaccine is a particular means to a moral end. But because the end is moral does not mean the means is moral. And I don't care. Wherever I stand personally on the vaccine, I know where I stand on morals because I am a person of morals. I live morals. Therefore, I do not appreciate them being sloppily applied. You must be. I said, don't talk about what I am about the vaccine. Talk about the principle of me trying to understand a deeper understanding of what's going on here. Mm. Doesn't automatically mean where I agree or disagree. And I think that's people not just the church, our society yeah. in general has yeah. a harder time because, man, if you just see somebody standing with somebody with a red MAGA hat on, don't get caught out there, Justin. <laughs> Look, I got a hat that's red and they, and they exactly. walk in and it's melting. Right, so let I alone know. if you standing next to like because, but yep. empathy does not equal agreement. So I, I don't want to take us off too far mm-hmm. but you what you just said really does make me have to ask the question of the harsh reality of reality 
in that you're in a chat full of pastors. Yeah. Pastors um, and preachers. Pastors yeah. and preachers and our people who are supposed to be moral leaders and <laughs> ones that we're going to hold to a higher standard. Let's just call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. And you, you said how a, the difference in understanding and agreeing yet you've got a pastor mm -hmm. or a preacher, whatever this guy is mm -hmm. doing exactly that thing that we, that is the challenge and it's our leaders that are doing it. Sure. So of course this person most likely is preaching and pastoring and leading people down that exact same path sure. of, Guilty by association. Empathy equals agreement. And now you've got an entire body yep. further spreading that. Yeah. How do we overcome that type of challenge then if our leaders are putting us in the water? Because this is this is that's a great question, Justin. And and that's because that's why it is imperative for every believer, every citizen of a democracy, if you're a good citizen, is to study to show yourself approved. Oh, that Bible. It's going to work. It's going to get you together. Work out your own salvation mm. with fear and trembling because just because they're a leader, because this is what I attributed to it. We, we said it right out of the gate. What makes it hard for people to be empathetic is people don't want to try that hard. Mm. It's so much easier. It's just lazy thinking. It's just easier to go. Caring for people is right. Therefore, let's just do this. Come on, y'all. Everybody do it. Mm. That's easier. Like, those people aren't bad people, and they're not unintelligent people. They just, it's easier. Mm. And what we, we hold our leaders accountable to being thorough, diligent thinkers when we are thorough and diligent thinkers ourselves. Mm. And mm. I don't care who it is talking to you. Don't turn off <laughs> your thinking. Right. Because these are people that I respect highly, but I don't care who you are. I'm not turning my brain off. Right. The president is acting like it is a moral imperative. That's what's got people mixed up. And I don't care if you're the president. I don't care if you're Dr. Fauci. I know morality. Yeah. And I know it too thoroughly to turn it off because the doctor said something. Time out, bro. The end's is moral the means isn't automatically deemed moral even if it gets you to the end mm. it's still the mean it ain't the moral i don't care what fauci say i ain't gonna stop thinking mm -hmm. and that's that it's 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 imperative for every believer and again good citizen of a democratic society to continue thinking i don't care if the democrats say it's true do the work of scrutinizing and asking questions so you can be a good citizen and go, hold on. That doesn't make sense. Time out. Yeah. And, and, and this is when it's really hard because I try to tell them and I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be saved more often these days and not debate <laughs> and argue as much as I used to. So I'm like, I'm gonna make these statements, but I'm gonna leave it here because I'm, I, 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 I said, just be careful with allowing people who don't claim to be people of morals to weaponize morality. Mm. So just be careful you all because that does not end the way you think it's going to end because this is when it's really hard. It's hard to continue thinking when you agree. This, mm. this, this, mm. this, because, mm. because one of the reasons why I think those preachers turned off that level of scrutiny is because they agree. 
Sure. They agree with protecting and caring for people is true. Yeah. And they agree the vaccine is the right way to do that. Sure. So why scrutinize that? Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, y'all, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not stupid. Just consider because when you fashion a weapon, you can never be certain how that weapon is going to be used. Yeah. And I promise you right now, and I'm not a prophet. I've just seen this before. Mm-hmm, Saints mm-hmm. of God that's listening to me right now. I don't care whether you're pro or anti-vaccine. One of the issues that's coming from this, and it's already been done in other places, but one issue is morality being weaponized. Yeah. And it's not true in real morality. It's a means being weaponized as moral. And if you don't agree with this means, you are an immoral person. And you got saints agreeing with that when this means it like it's not scripture. Right. I was like, how you gonna say it's like akin to sin? Are you equating this with scripture? But this is this is the danger because a lot of people agree with this. And I this is an example of it. So many black Christians mm. were so offended at white evangelicals not caring about the morality of Donald Trump. Mm. How dare you call yourself Christians? Right, right. And not care about his personal morality. Now, I ain't, I actually am, but I try not to be a big I told you so guy. <laughs> but I don't know. I might have deleted it, but you can go back on my Twitter feed all the way back to when Barack Obama was first mm. elected. Okay. One of the reasons why I don't stand on that I can't believe white Christians Uh debased themselves and accepted such an immoral man Mm -hmm. it's because black Christians did it first (laughs) they did it first now in this way because I don't want to necessarily say Barack Obama and I'm not acting like Barack Obama is I'm not intimating for one second, so don't hear this, that I'm saying Barack Obama is the same as Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But we fashioned a weapon. And I and I'm you can check it on my Twitter feed. I'm not making this up. I remember when he was first elected, and at some point in his it was either in his first term, I don't remember the exact point, but when it was he was for when he started talking about he was for gay marriage mm-hmm. and abortion. Black folk saved, sanctified. Holy rolling, pew jumping mm-hmm. saints that I know didn't agree with gay marriage, yeah, didn't agree with abortion, said we're saying this exact phrase. He's the president of the United States, not the pastor of the United States. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one, but yeah, he's the, I can hear. I, I'm tell and I, I'm telling you as right. clear as day. I said, you all. I say you all, for the sake of it being a black man who you agree with, do not surrender your moral imperatives. I, it's on there. I said, don't do it 
to get the other thing. And I'm not yeah. saying you couldn't have voted for him or you couldn't want the other things, but don't say the other things don't matter. Right, right. You fashioned that we fashioned a weapon. We did it. And black people were famously known as the moral center of this country. And we gave it up for an ends. We fashioned a weapon. And listen, you can't tell me, and, and excuse my language, those white evangelicals wasn't watching you black Christians with your black president <laughs> celebrating him, running around the streets. And you know this man held positions dearly to his heart that you believed were highly immoral. You just never imagined that they used that weapon that you fashioned in the manner in which they would use it. That you never imagined. You never imagined that your accepting of an immoral stance and refusing to even argue it. Right, 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 right. Would be fashioned into a weapon that looked like Donald Trump. But at the heart of it, it is the same weapon that you fashioned. It is. And anybody can argue with me if they want. Matter of fact, we can bring them on this podcast. You fashioned that weapon because you said it publicly. He is not pastor of the United States he is the president of the United States and I say y'all don't say that don't say that and this weaponizing of morality I think that's something we're gonna have to oh we're gonna reckon with that we're gonna reckon with that we're gonna reckon with that and I said all that to say I'm sorry for that tangent (laughs) that's all right Cause I thought we was doing really good with this podcast up until I went on that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I said all that to say the hard work of empathy yes. is the hard work of thinking and then understanding. And you can never, even if you agree with like stop thinking. So that was the answer to your question of how can we, if leaders are going off. Yeah. Yeah. Stay on. Always keep scrutinizing. That's. Oh man. I, would love to leave that subject, but you left me at a question. You you give me another question in there. Sorry. And I'm just going to have to ask it. And some of the other questions that I had, I'll let go. Okay. But this one I want to ask because we're talking about this of you, you want to keep asking these questions and you want to keep your brain on. Mm-hmm. I preach that to my children. Yep. Like little stuff, like when you're in a parking lot and people are doing stuff, I, I, I stop the car and say, see kids, that's what I'm talking about. You, that, that person's turned their brain off. They're in la la land. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about that, when it comes to a leader, hearing your leader and using your brain and thinking, where do you as a uh, saint believer find how to draw that line? Because like you as a pastor give out, uh, I don't want to say marching orders, but uh, you give out a directive or something that you want to be rolling out. How do, Where do you find that balance between thinking and actually questioning your leader yeah 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 that's a good that's a that's a great so is empathy necessary to do that no 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 (laughs) it's understanding the difference so if they're your leader you do this and i say this about god i say this about god okay i always ask god questions but i never question god Uh uh-huh and there's a difference I always ask God questions, but I never question him. Mm -hmm. So if it is your leader and you trust him or her to ask them questions is not the same as to question them. 
So yeah. to question them would be, are they trying to fool me? Is he trying to take advantage of me? Is he trying to get me to do something wrong? That would be to question your leader. And if you got to question your leader, that ain't somebody you should be around. Mm-hmm. But to ask questions of them is different. Mm-hmm. Hey, help me understand why this is the way we should yeah. do this or help me understand why this is the best path. Cause it's just a matter of me not understanding why this is the best path because I believe you want mm-hmm. me to go down the right path. So that's the, that's the fine line is, is I can always question, ask mm-hmm. questions of what you're doing without questioning your intent. And I think you cross a bad line if you question, well, again, that's a different place to question the intent right? right versus right, right. questioning the means that we were talking about because yeah. the means isn't moral. So I can question the means. Hey, I don't think this is the right path. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of leaders, and I think to keep using this vaccine and the, I think the messaging of the CDC is the really dis- big disaster of this whole Total pandemic. Their, their communication has been mm-hmm. a disaster. And I think it's because they've been lazy and they're communicating. Hmm. They've been so lazy because as a leader, of course, it's easier to get people that don't ask questions to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you want to say things. There's a temptation to say things in a way that would keep people from asking questions because it's easier to do that. Right. That's why I believe they've messaged this as moral. Cause like, if you love people, you would, okay. I can't ask questions about that. Sign <laughs> me up. Right. Yeah. It's lazy. Yeah. And uh, trust me as a leader, the, there is a great temptation to stop people from asking questions because so the, 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 ba- the line yeah. is to, if you have to question your intent, the intent of your leader, then you got a different problem on your hands. You gotta address, go ahead and get that address. Yeah, you gotta yeah. get that address. It might be time to move on. That's yeah. really the real issue. And I, because I tell, mm-hmm. I tell people that all the time. I can't pastor you if you don't trust me. Sure. Because I need you to trust me, even when you disagree with me. Yep. Because I need you to trust that I've got good intent. Because my intent is good, but good intent doesn't always equal yeah. good or right outcome. Sure. Good intents, but you can always ask questions of the of the action of the instruction without questioning the character and intent. Cause if, the, and it's a guarantee, cause I know I've listened to, especially some of my old messages where I did take a scripture out of context. I didn't quote it right. I didn't apply it appropriately. Mm-hmm. And if you went back and looked and you went, ah, I don't think that's what that says. We could talk about that. Yeah. It's different for you to go pastor Dorian. I don't see where that scripture says that, or I'm not certain that that's what's right. Sure. Cool. Let's talk. That's different than Pastor Dorian. I think you're trying to fool us. Mm-hmm. I think you're trying to take advantage of us or mislead us. That's a different conversation. So you can ask, believing that my intent is to feed you good, sound doctrine, yeah. and I made an error, and you can ask me about that. That's right and true and should be done every time. Yeah. But you cross the line if you think you got to question the intent. So, And, and that's with God, too. If that's with God mainly. You can always ask God questions. That ain't yeah. the same as questioning God. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Like I said, I was just, I, I, I just couldn't leave that question. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, under, yeah. Because I felt it was just necessary. And, and one thing point. I'll add, though, is at a certain point, mm-hmm. right, and I'm cool 
if because if we're going to ever actually get anything done. Right. There has to come a point where, OK, this person has proven themselves to be mm-hmm. trustworthy, not just in their intent, but in their decision making. So. I'm going to run. With what? Yeah. He's saying, because at a certain point, we got to be able to move. We can't stop the ship every time. So there will be times where it's like, okay, I've been doing this long enough. You see the fruit. Like you because because the other thing, you got to have a good self-awareness because one of the hard parts is some people give themselves too much credit. Mm. Like you ain't never done nothing. You never (laughs) led anybody. Why do I need to stop this ship to prove to you that my way of leading it? Yeah is the right way Uh, you should also be self-aware enough to know I'm not really qualified to do this much questioning (laughs) in this area you know what I mean but absolutely but I'm not saying it's noble to question the Bereans in Acts 17 were called called noble-minded people Mm -hmm. because they eagerly received Paul's word but they went and searched the scriptures to see if what he was saying was true and the Bible calls them noble-minded people because they would hear what Paul said, and then search the scriptures to prove that it was true. And once they saw that it was true, they believed right. and were at it, but they were called noble-minded yeah, people. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, for the sake of it, then, I will let us uh, circle it all around and bring it home and just uh, with this whole walking in one's shoes yeah. and everything, just empathizing, let you just give us your spiritual takeaway. Yeah. You know, I already preached Hebrews 4, yeah. you know, that Jesus walked in our shoes and refuse to agree with it. Mm. Um, and that is your true heart of empathy is to be able to do that and to feel something you otherwise wouldn't have to feel and shouldn't have to feel. Mm. And in such divided and polarized time, again, I, 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 I love the fact that what makes the church stand out in one generation might not be the same mm. in the next. The context determines what stands out. And in polarized times, empathy, man, compassion will stand out. And and we must be have the patience and be willing to do the work to ask why and even understand people we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But you can't love someone well that you don't understand well. Mm. You can't. You can't. You can't love them well. You can yeah. feel love, but you can't express love well to them if you don't understand them. You can't. And I don't think the church is doing a great job of loving people because we're not doing a great job of understanding people. Yeah. And if and I, and I know this for a fact, man, and I alluded to it earlier, and, it's, and I'm being honest, I've had my sexuality question because of the <laughs> compassion I was willing to show to people. <laughs> and I can promise... Let me not use too much hyperbole, but I know in my compassion and my willingness to seek to understand, because I would like I need to understand because I don't get that. Yeah. You know, like I I don't get that. That's what started this conversation. I don't get that. Yeah. I I don't like there's certain like I told you, there's certain sins people come in. I'm like, I I understand that. Yeah. Same sex attraction. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So I I have to work to understand that certain things I see people do yeah. I don't need to try hard to understand that yeah that one I need to work hard to understand and my willingness to continue to suffer with and walk alongside in order to understand individuals uh-huh. had some super saints question me yeah 
But one thing I do know is I help more in my willingness mm-hmm. for the cause of holiness. Sure. In my willingness to show compassion and understand than anybody that stands on one side and is only willing to just continue to chant that sin. Mm. Mm. I, and I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard and what I've witnessed and experienced in my life. That compassion does more to win people to the cause of holiness than me just being willing to stand over here and say, well, that's sin. So that's all I have to say about that. Like I had to understand and through understanding, I was able to talk about what we were understanding, not just what I understood because holiness applies through and through the deeper your understanding, the deeper you can apply the word of God. Mm. Like the deep I can apply it to because, because this is last thing. The beauty of empathy is you, is you do the, Sympathy, and I don't think these have the same root words, so I'm not trying to be clever, but sympathy treats symptoms. Mm-hmm. Empathy treats root cause. Sympathy treats symptoms, right? Man on the corner, changing the cup. Yep. Empathy, understanding how that man got on the corner, you can create policy to keep that man from even getting on the corner. Right? Right. Sympathetic Christians that judge see that and say, that's wrong. Right. From my vantage point, you can't apply the word well, whereas when you seek understanding, you can find the places, the root of the misunderstanding, mm-hmm. the root of the sin, not the symptoms, because for a lot of. For a lot of people that deal with sexual immorality. The symptom of the sin is how they express their sexual immorality, uh-huh. whether it's promiscuity, whatever the case may be. Sure. That's the symptom. And the saints apply no sexual immoral see the kingdom. No <laughs> Romans one. Okay. okay. But one of the things, if you ever seek to understand what you realize, the real issue isn't how they're expressing the sexuality. It's the idol that they have made hmm. of what their flesh says. Hmm. They believe it. That's the real issue. It's it's where they've placed. Like there there's deeper issues than just how it's expressing, because all of us got something in us that disagrees. But you don't let it out if you don't give it that much credit. I don't believe. I don't believe everything my flesh tells me, because uh-huh. I don't put it on. It's not an idol to me. Then you can apply the word to the deeper areas, because I ain't got to talk about that yet. Let's talk about what you, whose report you believe. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> let's talk about who before I get to what the report says let's talk about whose report you believe will you believe the report of the Lord or are you going to re- believe the report of your flesh I don't care I don't need to know what it's saying yet because walking and talking I understand that that's the real issue is you believe it and you believe it determines right now I can apply the word to that understanding and it can work its way to then erasing mm. your belief in what it said but I got I can't just deal with what it said I got to believe deal with where you believe truth comes from where you believe right comes from like that's an example of understanding because there's some people that understand this is wrong I don't have uh-huh. the willpower 
that and that's where I, that, I, I'm sorry because you're you're in a good spot and we're supposed to be closing this, but I can't let this go. Mm-hmm. Like when you say whose report will you believe, and like how do you prescribe or treat that symptom? Because like you said, that report that they're hearing is whose report will you believe? That flesh is screaming it at is. these people. It is daily. It is. It is. If not every single second, it's screaming at all of feet, us. It's screaming at them. So how do you? You know, pass through that and treat that. So that 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 deep thing that you're in there with. Man, now. this is the beauty of the gospel: is we are saved by grace through faith, not our ability to abstain. That's why we have to start with the root of who who do you believe? You're saved by the fact that you believe the gospel. Whether you can live it out, that's why I say I'm going to get to the symptom and the expression later. Let's deal with the, the, the as a pastor, me getting you to genuinely be a believer. Of the gospel is to say, just believe the report first that whatever you can do or not do, whatever you can stop doing or not stop doing. I ain't even talking about that yet. Mm -hmm. Do you believe the report? Do you believe that we are sinners in need of salvation? Do you believe the Bible is from God? It's breathed out from God and all of it is good for our instruction and admonition. Do you believe our flesh is like, do, do you believe what the Bible says about us? I ain't what, what you can stop doing. I ain't talking about that yet. Cause if I can set that context, cause if let's, and if you're saying you're a non-believer, then let's, then I'm going to treat you as a non-believer. Right, 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 right. And then we'll be dealing with that because I, I'm not going to beat a non-believer up about their sexual immorality. They're a non-believer. Right. And, I, and it's like casting pearls to swine. So that, that's why I'm not going to get into, well, Matthew, Mark says this about, I remember, I used to watch that this years ago. People would walk into a secular place and try to open up the Bible and say, talk, debate homosexuality and say, well, it says in John this and Romans this and correct. That person's an unbeliever. You point to the scripture means nothing to them. That's not that's, that's, words on paper. It's worthless. It's worthless. That's an egocentric person trying to do the right thing. Self-centered because the Bible means something to them. They think it should mean something to every person, everybody else. And it disgusts them. Like I want to throw up. What on God's green earth would make you think walking up and showing the Bible to a heathen was going to mean something? Specifically when it's an admonition, not when it's in God's message of love. It's yeah. not the the first thing you got to show him is God so loved the world. Yeah, yeah. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe on him would not perish. But I don't get to telling me what I can and can't do when I don't even believe the report. So that's what that empathy causes you to understand. Let me understand this. Oh, and there's been a couple of times where I got down to the fact that you're just not a believer. Okay. Yeah, there ain't no need of me talking about your behavior. My issue is now I got to be a preacher of the gospel to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So that genuine understanding the why, because there are people who think they're believers because they call themselves that. But when we drill down to what you believe about the scripture, let's just let's open up the fact that the real thing is you don't believe. Okay. And I understand that. I don't agree with it, but I understand that there's a lot of people, billions, that don't believe. That's real empathy. I understand. Now we can deal with that rather than just being the person that drives by and has the sympathy and throws the change in the cup. 
when you genuinely do the work of stopping to have the conversation to seek to, hey man, you was raised in church all these years. You know what Bishop preached. You know what pastor preached. Help me understand because you sat in the same service as I did. Help me understand why. Like we, most of us don't have those conversations and I'm telling you. Yeah. We just judged them. They sat in the same service I sat in. They saw the same teaching I got. Ow, ah, they reprobate. <laughs> yep, yeah. But if you actually sat down to understand, this is what's so amazing about doing the work to be empathetic. You'll help people understand stuff about themselves they didn't understand either. Because that homeless guy might not know how he got on the corner either. Mm-hmm. He might not know. Because he doesn't know how right is supposed to happen. And there's a lot of things that happen to us. I got kicked out of school and they did this. And then they didn't give me this job after I failed this drug test. And you can go time out, man. That's not really the way that's supposed to work. Right, right, right. And there's been times where I've been willing to have that conversation. And we we both come to the epiphany. You just don't believe. You were raised in church. You shouted. You sang. You spoke in tongues. But you really don't believe. All that other stuff is lightweight. That ain't, none of that is the issue. And you only get that through the work of attempting to understand and be empathetic because my, I'm a curious person. I think that's yeah. what makes me more prone to being empathetic, even though I'm not an emotional person. That's why I said empathy isn't about emotions. I'm not an emotional person, but I'm a yeah. very curious person. So at times I say, hold on, you, where someone else will see you, Heard what I heard. You saw what I saw. You were raised how I raised. And that makes them judge them harder. Yeah. And go, therefore, you just need to go. Yeah. <laughs> right. It does just the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. You were raised how I was raised. You saw what I saw. You were taught what I was taught. And yet, you're doing this. I got, hold on, fam. <laughs> Let's talk. Those are the people who's kicking you out, and I understand they got a high bar. Why do I need to invest any more time in that person? They got everything they needed to get. Mm-hmm. I'm just the opposite. How you get everything I got and come out over there? Let's talk. I need to understand that. I need to understand that. I'm just the opposite, and that curiosity yeah. leads to more empathy because there have been people where I didn't understand how anybody from where I'm from could come out that way, and after I talked to them, I go, <laughs> uh, now that you put it that way huh. I understand Because yeah. one of the things I found out There's a lot of things that go on in church That if you don't struggle with that You don't see it And I'm going to just Put that out there Okay. There's a lot of things going on in church If you don't struggle with that yeah. You would never know it exists the way that it does In the church yeah. And the things that happen in the church yeah. That happened, you would never know. And take that how you want. You can be a same sex attractive man. You can be a pretty girl. You can be a rich person. If you're not rich, you don't know how the pastor treat rich people. Mm. Or people that give a lot in offering. You don't know. Right? You don't know. You can be judging how him and the pastor interact. You don't know what it's like. Like there's things that happen in the church that you would never be privy to. If your giving is two hundred and fifty dollars for the whole year, you don't see the things whose people's giving is seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars a year. You don't even see it. You don't even know what's going on. <laughs> if you're a pretty girl, you and I and you, there's a pretty girl and you, a ugly dude. 
you don't know what's going on in church for her. How she turned out the way she did. Attend two complete different churches. Huh? Two, you're, you're attending completely. That's a great way. You're attending two completely different churches. And unless you seek to understand instead of just judging her for turning out the way she did. Because now she in the streets ripping and running. Time out. Let me understand what church is like. You don't. The, the pastor ain't rub you on your back and make sexual advances at you. You're an ugly dude. Mm. She's a pretty girl. You. She she could have experienced things in that church you never would have known were happening. And you would never know if you just judged her. She went to the same church I went to. She heard the same preaching I heard. She got the same teaching I was taught. How could she go out and be in the streets? Yeah, but she also got a preacher making passes at her. And right. an evangelist running up on her in the hallway. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't use empathy to try to seek to understand. So that's why it's 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 so, 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 so very important mm. that is that man so that was a lot of a conversation and a lot deeper than i thought we would go so i i'm glad like you you didn't give me any preview that, that we were gonna have this good of a combo thank you <laughs> I, I bet it made it very uh organic per yes se. yes <laughs> um and so, i didn't intend most of the stuff i said like the first half I was in my notes <laughs> at a certain point it, we were off script so I couldn't have given you the heads up <laughs> and that's okay that's what this is about it's just letting people see again the real side of all of these things and just have conversations that aren't always comfortable we had and mm -hmm. were taboo and weren't allowed and you just not go get up there and do on Sunday morning yeah. it's not the environment for yeah you. no it's not um, especially with the cameras roll. Oh yes. <laughs> but that being said, we just gonna have a quick little bit of fun. Yeah, we'll go yeah, wrap yeah. it up and call it a night. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Mr. not happy Bill. to be back. Pastor Dorian is back in fantasy football, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's awful. Week one. Uh, I'll let you tell it. Well, I was off from fantasy football. And all it took was one week. Matter of fact, all it took it was the month, the 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 Thursday, uh, the Thursday night game. <laughs> when did when did Tampa end? Yeah, that was the, the Thursday. The night very game. first game, Thursday night, for me to remember why I hate fantasy football. It's just levels of misery. I hate it, <laughs> but I love it's, it. But I hate it. I know, because I went through the exact same problem. So, I had Mike Evans. The one Tampa Bay is looking like the reincarnation of the greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams from back in the day. Scary. And I got the one person in Tampa Bay's offense that's not eating. So you go benching this week and go go off. He's gonna go off. This is this is this is fantasy. Say no more. That's it. <laughs> so I got to make sure I'm watching your roster and giving you advice, so I know to do the opposite. <laughs> But that's what I hate about fantasy because you can do the <laughs> technically right thing. And the Because my bench completely outscored my yeah. starters. Blew my starters out of the waters. It was just awful. And you just sit there and look, man, if I would have just done If I would have just, and I still only lost by a few points. If I would have just oh, made one of the switch. That's a good fantasy name. If I would have. If I would have. If I would have. It's awful. I hate it. But uh, it's necessary. I enjoy yes. it for the fellowship. Yeah. Great fellowship. I love the fellowship that fantasy provides. Man, I missed uh 
we, we haven't done a live draft in a couple of years. I miss those. Those yeah, are yeah, fun yeah, nights. Yeah, like yeah, we all yeah, get yeah. around, yeah. have some pizzas, and man, that first guy who drafted somebody out of order got <laughs> roasted. <laughs> like, dog, you know Colin Kaepernick isn't playing this year, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, he just blew out his knee just yesterday, fam. You did not watch your injury report. And everybody's kind of looking like, who's going to be the clown that does it? He did it. But I'm going to tell you, man, that's that's the fellowship. I think fantasy football and and wives, if you don't understand, it's fellowship. We don't have bowling leagues. We don't have Elks clubs and things of that nature anymore. Fantasy football, for many guys, it's, it's, it's about the fellowship that they get, the interaction, a reason to talk. Yeah. It's kept with me, the fellas. Our, our fantasy uh, football group has kept me in contact with this group of guys for over a decade strong now that I know I would have. I just wouldn't keep up with. Yeah, I, 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 I and this probably is worth a whole other conversation. I think fantasy football and the group chat yeah. are two of the best things that have happened to men mm. over the, like the last 20 years. Yeah, because there was a window where a lot of the things that men used to congregate around were going away, and I alluded to bowling leagues and yeah. things of that nature. And there was a vacuum, and I think group chats and fantasy football have kept men connected to other men yep. in good fellowship and engagement, and la- it's a great outlet. And and like I could spend a lot of time talking on it, but I won't. But the fellowship that fantasy football and the group chat, yeah, provides, yeah. I think, is is life giving to a lot of men. Absolutely. Like our fantasy football is what created our group chat. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I got a specifically fantasy football group chat too. So we, we keep it running all year long yep. and then we'll run March Madness with it too. Yep. So yep. I, I, I'm with you on that hundred percent. That being said, let me know who you starting so I know who not to Watson, start. Watson, man. Man, that way at least one of us, one of us will be talking no, good next week. Like no, if you have a bad week, that means no. I have a good week, vice versa. It's awful. I hate it. I'm already miserable thinking about setting my lineup next week. <laughs> so first thing you do Tuesday morning, let's get, get on that wire. <sighs> that being said, we're going to be putting out weekly fantasy. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're not. So that is what's funny, though. So my fan, you want to know the name of my Yes, my what team? is the team? I had to preach. Ah, that's the name of my team. I remember you told me that. That yeah, used to be my excuse, excuse, but my lineup was trash. Like y'all had to preach, <laughs> man. I <laughs> so that's just the name of my my you my team. To still preaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I had to preach the last time. It's be still preaching. So that whenever my lineup is trash, I just get new. If I get in the chat, I see my score is Sunday. Let me all I had to preach, man. <laughs> Couldn't do my research. Hit the waiver wire. I had to preach. <laughs> That's so good. Hey, well, enjoyed it. Uh, we got some other topics all lined up for you guys. Me and Pastor just lining up the schedules. They go keep coming. We appreciate you guys and uh, hit us up. Converse Pass Pass. All right, yo.